It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, the headline today is focused, of course, on President Joe Biden and his meeting with President Trudeau of Canada and also with President Obrador of Mexico. The headlines, of course, are all about trade and supply chains, immigration. But is that really the biggest issue of the day? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So I want to go through all of this as it relates to what's going on. Obviously, there are a host of items on the table and on the agenda for President Biden and the presidents of Mexico and Canada meeting in Mexico, of course. And yesterday, President Biden met with the president of Mexico in a bilateral meeting. So this was before President Trudeau joined the party. Uh, This was just uh, head to head with the president of Mexico and a very interesting exchange on a number of areas. And obviously, there are things to talk about in terms of economics and trade. There are things to talk about in terms of the border. Uh, And there are other things that we have to get to as well. So yesterday in the bilateral meeting, uh, President Biden described what the two leaders were going to focus on in their discussions. So today uh, we're going to discuss how we can further deepen that relationship, not only Mexico, but the Western Hemisphere. This includes strengthening our supply chains to make the hemisphere even more competitive. We're also going to discuss our shared security, including our joint action to address the the plague of fentanyl, which has killed 100,000 Americans so far, and how we can tackle irregular migration, which I think we're well on our way to doing. Above all, we both committed to pursuing a better future, one grounded on peace and prosperity. So important beginning there for where uh, President Biden really set the table on just about everything, supply chain, shared security, migration, uh, and we'll come back to the the fentanyl issue in just a second. Uh, Interesting, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan explained to the press yesterday how the president's trip to the border informed his meeting. Uh, And this is really important. I just want to insert here just a little bit. Uh, So the president went to the border uh, and that's a good thing. Now, many on the right complained that it was two years too late. Many complained that it was sort of a sanitized walk along the border and it was just a photo op and that there was no real look at uh, migrants and those who had come across and what that was looking like. And while you can say, yes, that is true. Uh, I can't remember seeing a president going to the southern border and uh, walking amongst those that had crossed the border. Uh, I don't think I've seen a a shot of anyone doing that. So let's be a little realistic in terms of what a president's going to do at the border. What do you expect the president to do at the border? Uh, But the more important thing is, what are we going to do about the border? And that's really where things begin. So take a listen to uh, Jake Sullivan, again, National Security Advisor, just talking about what the president learned at the border that he was taking into his conversations with President Obrador of Mexico. He had the opportunity to see very practically the ways in which a combination of highly trained personnel and technology 
uh, can help interdict the flow of fentanyl across the border. And he will certainly relay his experience from the border to President Lopez Obrador and talk with him about ways in which the U.S. and Mexico can cooperate more effectively, can deploy technology more comprehensively, uh, can increase the level of cooperation between Mexican law enforcement personnel and U.S. law enforcement personnel, not just at the border, but at every step along the fentanyl supply chain. So, again, an important conversation there. Uh, Again, what the president recognized and what Jake Sullivan pointed out is, look, how do we better use this combination of highly trained personnel and technology to really stop the flow of fentanyl at the border? Uh, As we talked about, as President Biden mentioned, uh, 107,000 drug overdose deaths in America in 2021. Two-thirds of those were directly from fentanyl. Uh, that is a tragic uh, and epidemic level that we should treat like an epidemic. Uh, that kind of number requires a different kind of response. And it's up to everybody. I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. That's not acceptable. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the fact that we have uh, just an interesting number, uh, our friend Olivier Knox uh, from the Washington Post pointed out today that they're they're seizing about uh, 2,200 pounds of lab-cooked uh, fentanyl per month, uh, which is more than they grabbed in all of 2018. And the government has acknowledged, and this is what's just mind-boggling to me, is that of what they are saying that they are uh, seizing, it's only about 5 to 10% of the fentanyl coming across from Mexico. And so we, we have to look at this because a lot of this, uh, the, the ingredients of that are being shipped from China uh, to Mexico or to other places in South America and then coming up to our southern border. Uh, so there's all kinds of things there that we have to get to. That is a, a challenge that we all can rally around, again, regardless of the politics of it all. Uh, This is one we have to figure out and get to. And uh, Olivier Knox rightly pointed out, and I completely agree, that the real test of this summit will be the results as it relates to fentanyl. If nothing changes at the border in terms of what's coming in, uh, then this will largely have been window dressing of a summit. And again, all things aside in terms of uh, great advancements in terms of supply chains and and uh, economic impact and so on, uh, those are all nice. That's all lovely. But it's all window dressing uh, if we cannot 
get our arms wrapped around what's going on uh, with fentanyl. Uh, so we have to get to that uh, piece of the puzzle. I also just very quickly, there was an interesting exchange between President Obrador and President Biden. Uh, President Obrador kind of called out the U.S. saying, hey, you're not really investing uh, in Latin America. Take a listen to this. This has been the only important thing, really, that has been done in terms of cooperation for development in our continent in more than half a century. Therefore, I hold that uh, this is the moment for us to determine to do away with this abandonment, this disdain, and this forgetfulness for Latin America and the Caribbean. President Biden pushed back, laying out a number of the ways that the U.S. has invested in that region of the world. Just uh, in the last 15 years, we've spent billions of dollars in the hemisphere, tens of billions of dollars in the hemisphere. And, uh, and we, uh, what we have to do is what you've done, and I can't compliment you on it. We have to continue to support and build democratic institutions in the hemisphere. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was able mm-hmm. to do at the G7 is get the G7 to agree that we would have a multi-multi-billion dollar project for infrastructure for the Western Hemisphere, for Latin America, and for Africa. A really interesting uh, exchange there. And I agree with the president that there has to be more investment in democratic institutions. It's those institutions that will carry that. And sadly, in many of these places, there's a lot of corruption in those institutions and often what that does is it stifles innovation entrepreneurship and upward mobility which ultimately drive freedom and so we have to have that and that's one of the real battles that uh, president obrador is having in his country uh, we've described it as the delicate dance of democracy uh, but he needs to reinforce and make sure he's getting rid of the corruption so that institution can support upward mobility, entrepreneurship, small businesses. But ultimately, with Mexico, with Canada, everything's going to come down to how do we actually take action when it comes to the trade, the import, the smuggling of fentanyl. Over 107,000 deadly drug overdoses in the United States in 2021, two-thirds of those directly related to fentanyl. Uh, That is an epic challenge for our time, and it's going to require some serious leadership, and hopefully these three can begin that discussion. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. 
Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.